0: Welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. I'll apologize first. I'm sure the 11 a.m. presentation will be better as I've practiced this. No matter how much I've practiced this, though, I've gotten it down to about 35, 40 minutes. So I'm just kidding, hopefully 20. Uh, I will say I was baptized at 32. Up until that point, I was agnostic at, the, at the, probably at the best. So every time I get up in this place in, in front of a congregation, and I've done this a few times, it is overwhelming to me because this is, this is very serious to me. Um, Good morning, and I'm glad to see that there are people here. I wonder, you know, when you go and you fill in for the rever- re- regular preacher, pastor, reverend, you wonder if anyone will show up or not. So thank you for being here, and I'm not just speaking to one or two people. Um, my name is Perry Hunter, and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I have been for 20 years. I'm a teacher and coach here at Silver Creek High School. I have taught here for eight years and coached basketball for nine. I have been teaching for, I think it was 23 years now, and I've been coaching for over 31 years. I have a beautiful wife, Christy. Uh, some of you may know her mother, Anita McKinley. She taught at the elementary for years, but my beautiful wife, Christy, she couldn't be here today. She's with my son, but my daughter is here, Madison. So eh? she's 17, she's a volleyball player, Brandon is 14 and plays basketball and baseball. So. That is, uh, she told me she was coming, but I told her I have so many things going on in my head most of the time that it, it was a surprise to me. So how did I end up here in this pulpit on this Sunday? And I think that I'm going to talk about my nonprofit that I started two years ago and how I got there, but how did I get here? And I don't know if you've read any books by Bob Goff or heard anything about Bob Goff. He's written books like Everybody Always, Um, what else, The uh, Love Does, great books, but he wrote a book and in a book he talks about if you wanna get what you want, even as a Christian you have to take chances. A lot of times we just kinda sit back and wait and those things, we, we get upset because it doesn't happen. So I sent out emails to the churches here in town, and Reverend Sanford was the first one that got back to me. And we kind of went back and forth, and we eventually, we met at Dairy Queen. I think that's a common thing here in Sellersburg, to go to the DQ and meet. And we talked for about an hour, and I shared my faith journey and Cornerstone Hoops, and I guess I passed the test, because he trusted me to come here and speak today. As I have gone through these trips and I've gone, I call them they're all missionary trips using basketball. I thought for many years, I said, I thought to myself, what do, what scripture would I want to be the scripture that I had the foundation on? And it's Psalm 96, three, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. And I, I, that's to me, when anybody says anything good about me, it's not me it is Jesus Christ working through me. So whatever I do is declaring his glory. When I thought about taking basketball, basketball. I know this is Indiana, and we all love basketball, or most of us do, but you can take basketball and spread the gospel. You, uh, being from Indiana, a lot of people know about Indiana basketball when you go to these foreign countries. So you get there for a day or two, and then they will listen to just about anything that you say to them, whether it's basketball or sharing your faith. So Cornerstone Hoops, how did it start? I've been going on trips since 2010. I was 40 years old, I'd never flown in an airplane, and a guy that I got to know through Twitter, of all places, it just started, we kind of went back and forth, Tani Spasev, and he said, would you like to come to Serbia and Macedonia and work a basketball camp? I asked my wife, she said, go for it. And I had my first flight ever at 40 to Philadelphia and then to Germany and then to Serbia. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all of creation, Mark 16, 15. So when I go, I'm not as strong in my faith that first time, but we go to this place like Ored in Macedonia and we're staying at this hotel, and there's these little orphan kids that are there, and they're gypsies. Gypsies are real things. And they're not treated with the same compassion as other people, for whatever reason, okay? I don't have that experience of dealing with them. I just saw little kids that were alone. So I went out of my way to say hello. They didn't know English. We give them a little fist bump, things like that. And the, the people that were with me, the Albanians, the Greeks, the Serbs, the Macedonians, couldn't understand why I would have anything to do with the gypsies. And to me, I don't see how you wouldn't have anything to do with these little gypsy kids. I don't care what your experience has been with them. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just share stories that has made me grow in my faith and, it, and got me to Cornerstone Hoops. We went out to eat one night in Macedonia, and there were probably six, seven, eight of us eating, and they had been so generous buying everything. We all had personal pizzas, lots of cokes. Some of them had some alcoholic beverages. My friend said, "Hey, would you mind paying today?" I was like, uh, "Yeah, that's fine. I've, I've not. That's not a problem. I've." You guys have been buying all week. So I said, how much do you need? He goes, $20 American will do it. He gets 20, Like I'm like, there's no way. Goes across the street, gets the money. Said, how much do you need? He pulls out what's $15. So I just gave the $5 tip to the guy. They probably make about $5 a day. And the way that he reacted to that $5 tip These two instances really affected me. Five dollars, what is five dollars? It's a lot less today than it was 10 years ago, but it's still, what is five dollars? And if I can make someone happy by doing that. I guess I did okay. I got invited the next year by one of the coaches to go to Iceland and work a basketball camp there. Iceland in June is still cold and it's daylight. All night, like it's about like about nine o'clock here now. Only all night. So one night, I was a couple of my friends, new friends there, took me driving around the town to see part of the country, and we got back to the hotel. And they're atheists, and they're sitting in the front seat, and they're mocking Christianity and making fun of it. And I listened to it for about 20, 25 minutes. I'm just going to listen, and uh, they finally asked me what I thought. Yeah. And I was very nice about it. I was like, well, I'm a Christian. I believe Jesus is the Son of God and that the Holy Spirit has led me here in this car right now. <laughs> and the uh, next 30 to 45 minutes, I shared my faith, what I believed by faith was, what I thought they were getting wrong. And I don't know if it made a difference, I probably won't know this side of heaven, but those two trips, Those were not initially mission trips. And God is working in me. I'm showing the love of Jesus, and I'm able to share my faith. And it was after that trip in Iceland when I said, I've got to do more. This can't just be about me traveling the world, seeing things and working basketball camps. So that's when, 2012, I applied to Athletes in Action. I don't know if you know anything about Athletes in Action, but Athletes in Action back when I, in the 1980s, they used to go on tours of the country, play basketball games, and then share their faith. Well, now they just do mission trips. And I, the guy who interviewed me, I said, I'll go with you. And we went to Indonesia. Now, so far, like Macedonia, Serbia, I guess a lot of people would like to go to Iceland, but now I'm in Indonesia in Southeast Asia. And it's a lot of people don't know this. Indonesia and Southeast Asia is the largest Muslim country in the world. Where we stayed at a Christian college five years before had been attacked and the place had been burned to the ground, and we're there uh, uh, sharing our faith. And r- really, you're not allowed to share your faith unless asked or you could be arrested. And a lot of people get nervous about that. I loved it. Like, I loved the fact that I was in a place that wasn't good old Sellersburg, where you could come and worship and feel comfortable, that it got me out of my comfort zone. Through Athletes in Action, I applied and went to Kenya, went to Ethiopia, a couple uh, stories there. In Kenya, you're never gonna believe this, we went to Eastly Slum. Eastly Slum is called Little Somalia. It is, I didn't know this until we got back, it is a no travel zone. As a United States citizen, you are told not to go there. But we went anyway. And we went into this place, Al-Shabaab. I don't know if you've ever heard of Al-Shabaab, but it is a terrorist group, Islamic extremist terrorist group. And if you don't follow the Quran the way they say you can, they may just throw a grenade in your business or whatever. Uh, Nothing good, okay? So we go, and when we go, we take two teams. We take a men's team and a women's team. And we take this women's team and they're in short sleeve shirts and shorts. And the other coach and I are thinking, we're supposed to be there for three to four hours. I was like, no, we're gonna be here for an hour tops and we're getting out of here. We go to this little Christian school in Eastley Slum and it's a Mennonite school. Like how does a Mennonite school get in Nairobi, Kenya in Eastley Slum? The, the best story, probably the best story of all my trips is the guy running the school, the camp's going on. And I say, they've got the door open and people are coming in and out and watching the camp. And I, I go to the guy running the school. I said, uh, do you ever have to deal with Al-Shabaab? And he said, he looks over, he looks at me. He said, Al-Shabaab's in here right now. And I'm like, I'm from Henryville, all right? Little boy from Henryville, grows up in Sellersburg. I've read about Al-Shabaab, and they're in the gym right now. And he goes, you know who else is here? The Holy Spirit. I just like, I gave the guy a hug. You talk about somebody that's in the middle of the war, in the fight every day, and he has that attitude. We go to Ethiopia, put on a basketball camp for a basketball team that is, there's not another basketball team within 90 to 100 miles around and we put on this camp, this Christian camp surrounded by Muslim extremists, that six months after I left, they had security walking 24-7. Six months after I left, the people running the camp go into Addis Ababa, the capital, they show up, they burn the place, they're there to murder them, and if they would have been murdered if they hadn't been in the city. The camp has been burned down and is not there now. I've been involved with, before I started Cornerstone, Sports Reach. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Sports Reach, but Robbie Spear out of Campbellsville, Kentucky. I went with him on a couple prison missions. And I don't know if you've ever been in a prison or not, but we were there. First of all, it's very humbling when the 10th door behind you locks, okay? You're not getting out of there quick if something happens. But that was the most welcoming and appreciative group of people I've ever been around in my life. When they found out that we were from Indiana and Kentucky and that we were taking time out of our lives to go down and play basketball, softball, whatever with them, a lot of them were overwhelmed by it. And I was able to share the gospel with an inmate there. And it was interesting because I was agnostic up to 32 years old, but I knew about Jesus, I knew about God, I knew all the stories. This guy had no clue. So I'm sharing the basic principles of the gospel, and he said, you know, you've given me a lot to think about, I just think I need to clean my life up before I can do this. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not how it works. You don't have to clean yourself up, you give yourself to God and then he'll clean you up. And again, I won't know this side of heaven if it made a difference, but it's about planting seeds. We, uh, the thing that I started to think about in going on these mission trips is the cost. The cost to go with Athletes in Action was $4,500 to $5,000, and I understand, but that's a lot of money, and I understand why we're paying for the people that run the uh, camps and go, that work for Athletes in Action, but I started doing the research, and I could go for a lot cheaper than that. Kind of tying that in, we went on, anytime we go on a, a vacation, Madison can tell you this, I try to look for something for us to do. We went to Arizona and visited family. We went to the San Carlos Apache Reservation and did some work there. I don't know if you've ever been on a reservation or not, but I couldn't believe I was in the United States of America. That it was, I've been to a lot of bad places internationally, but this was the, the, the lack of hope. In um, a couple of fun trips, my wife, much to the uh, disappointment of my children, I took my wife to Aruba. My wife and I had never been on a, on a vacation where it was just us two, and she was. It, it, was a very good, uh, it was a very good vacation for her. But we ran a basketball practice while we were there. And she was okay with it, she, she supported it. And then about, what was it, about three years ago, took you guys to Australia. That was a little bit selfish on my part. I'd worked basketball camps on five continents. I wanted to go to Australia and social media allows you to make these connections. So I go to Australia, and we ran a basketball practice. So now I've run, I have run basketball camps on six continents. I bet you cannot guess which one I haven't. Antarctica, yeah. And Lord willing, if I ever get to Antarctica, I'm gonna take some of the, you can actually go there, okay? I'm gonna take some of the tourists, we're gonna get out there, we're gonna do some ball handling drills, and then I can say I've done it on all seven continents. So, I decide that I can do this cheaper, and I'm going to start. I talked to one of my friends, Chris Garten, a good friend of mine. He uh, is in charge of Signature Countertops. Uh, he's the CEO, and he's a state senator. And we're sitting around one night around his pool, and I was like, you know, I want to start a nonprofit that deals with basketball. And he said, let's do it. That's how Chris is. Like, Chris is like, let's do it. And I was okay, seriously, we're going to do this? He said yes. So we started it up. And he paid for everything to get it going, so I am a 5013C now, not me, Cornerstone Hoops. And my first trip as Cornerstone Hoops was last summer to Ukraine, to Kiev, Ukraine, Vishnevia, just west of it. And was there for about 12 days. First time, I had been in Eastern Europe before, but I'd never been in a former Soviet Union country. And Ukraine is definitely former Soviet Union. It is much, um, more westernized than Russia, but there's still that element of the former Soviet Union. And my experiences that were, the, I mean, I, I take my students, you know, teaching at Silver Creek, what's your favorite place you've ever been? And my, my answer is all of them. Everywhere I go is my favorite place. But Ukraine, they, the kids were wonderful, the coaches were great, the Admirals Academy, they. Uh, they are doing good things there, but they're not there now. I think there may be one or two of the kids that are left behind, but they've most of them have gone to Hungary. And uh, one coach is in Spain that I got to know, and the other coach had happened to go to a Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, convention in Texas the week before the invasion. Russia invades Ukraine and I am mowing, and I've, we were talking about, I was talking with somebody this morning about conviction. You can feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. and A lot of times we don't follow, we don't. I was convicted to go to Poland and help. And I said, I'm going. I don't care what it takes, what I have to do, but I'm going. And this past spring break, I've got a lot of money donated and I went to Poland and it was interesting because it's not the United States. In The United States, if something happens, you can just kind of show up. You can show up and help and people take you in. Well, because human and sex trafficking has gone up since the war with Russia and Ukraine, you can't just as a white guy from the United States show up and say, hey, I'm here to help. Here's some money. So they refused me, but I was able to give some money here and there. I was able to help with some refugees. I heard some stories that I won't share here because it's unbelievable, awful. And there's a good story with Poland that I'm gonna to get to here in a second. But now we're headed to Puerto Rico this summer. At the end of June and early July, we're gonna to go to Puerto Rico. There's a Christian school down there. We're gonna run a camp and I'm taking my family. And it's the first time with Cornerstone that I'm, another family has volunteered, hey, we wanna go and there's plenty of stuff that we can volunteer to do down there. The uh, people ask me, you know, why did you start a nonprofit? Well, when I go on these trips, people are often like interested, and then they want to, what can I do to help? Well, you know, they're not just gonna give a check to Perry Hunter, because who knows what Perry Hunter will do with the money, but if they give it to a 5013C, they feel, maybe they would, but I feel more comfortable with it. So financially people can always support me I, I you know I definitely would take that but uh, and, you, and you guys if you've ever been around here and you see some guy mowing the property it's me all right i'm I mow for silver creek I mow this I mow everything trying to raise money on my own for my trips the uh and I, but I feel like financially if I'm convicted to go, the money will show up somehow some way the uh but I'm not here asking for money, I'm asking for your support, I'm asking for your prayer to keep me and Cornerstone Hoops in mind, to pray for opportunities for us to go and help. uh, But I think we need to be specific about prayers, about going and helping, because everybody asked me before I went to Poland, what can we do to help you? Pray for opportunities to help, pray for opportunities. I kept saying, pray for opportunities to help. Yeah, God has a good sense of humor. I'm not gonna blame God, I'm gonna blame myself. But when I landed in Warsaw, Poland, I lost my passport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, you talk about getting to, I I made a decision. Do I go back to the airport? There's no way through security, and who knows where I lost it? Or do I just go ahead and get on the train and head into Lublin, which is about an hour and a half away from the border? And I made the decision to get on the train and go to the city that I was staying. I called my wife that night, and my daughter can attest to this, I don't cry. It's hard for me to cry. I think I cried a little bit when I lost my passport. So, I called the coach that I know there. He puts me in contact with a lawyer in Warsaw. The, the lawyer's like, relax, it's fine. You can use your license. I had my, I had everything else, I had my credit cards, my license. He said, you can use your license, you're fine. Enjoy your time here in Poland. Don't worry about this. You can go to the embassy, they'll give you a temporary passport, and you can go home. Relax. That is true, by the way. I went to the embassy, bam, bam, got to come home. The uh, I jumped line of about 35 Ukrainians, which I felt kind of bad about, but I had to get my passport. The uh, So this lawyer in Warsaw, then puts me in contact with a priest in Lublin. I go and meet with this priest. They're doing work on the ground with the Ukrainian refugees. I donate a large amount of money to him and to his church. I said, hey, can we go to the border? We go to the border. We go to the border. He's overwhelmed. There's nobody there. Two weeks prior, there were thousands of people. But I got to see The people that were working the border, this priests in Poland have some power. He got me into a refugee uh, place. It was like an old Walmart that they had made into a refugee uh, place and we got to go around in there. But here's, I'm getting back to prayer and opportunities. If I don't lose my passport, I don't meet that lawyer. I don't meet that lawyer, I don't meet that priest, I don't get to go to the border. So, when I say specifically, just, you know, if you pray for me, pray that I don't lose my passport for for opportunities to come. It's it's uh, it's not just international, either. I will go anywhere I'm called, have the financial capability and an open schedule. I will go. Jesus said go. I think the more in-depth I get in my faith, the more, like, exclamation points and little words. Like, they have so much strength, go. It's all I want to do now. If I had unlimited funding, I would retire and go on trips all the time. My wife says though I have to stay working and help pay for college. Gifts from God. Romans twelve six eight, Paul says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophecy In accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. If it's to coach basketball, coach basketball. I was talking again with someone before, and when we When we acknowledge our gifts from God, if you're a good person, you sometimes feel like you're bragging about this. Like, yes, this is what I'm good at. It's not because of me, all right? And I believe that God has given me three gifts as a man. One, find a good wife, great wife, unbelievable wife, that when I say, hey, I wanna go to Poland, she says, go, I got your back, do it. She did tell me one time not to go one place. I had a free trip to northern Iraq, and she said, no, I put my foot down here. But I believe that God has given me the ability to communicate, whether it's speaking, writing, and maybe you'll disagree after today, you're like, no, you you probably need to go back and revisit your gifts. And I wanna use those gifts, How to teach the game of basketball is the third thing. I can teach the game of basketball to three-year-olds, two-year-olds, or grown men that are professionals. And I wanna use those gifts. One of the interesting things is that I felt more content as I've realized my gifts and accepted them and how to use them. The Holy Spirit leads us to good works. We don't do good works to get to heaven but using our God-given gifts towards good is what we're called to do. That's what I want to do. And I'm so thankful that you sat here and listened because I enjoy doing this. I've embraced the gifts that God has given me and I enjoy doing this, not for me, but to help. And to, you know, I've had people ask me, why do you, well, don't go to foreign countries, there's plenty of stuff to do here. And I said, you're right. You're 100 percent right, but the difference between the United States and a lot of places I've been is hope. The most powerful emotion, I think, is hope. In the United States, no matter how bad you have it, when you get five years old and get into kindergarten, you're, like it's, it's, it's not an easy life for some people, but there are programs and things to take care of you, to feed you. Um, that doesn't exist. In a lot of other countries, I'm going to close. I want to uh, I, again. I want you to pray for opportunities to help. But I, you know, I had this all planned out, prepared, and then the events of this week occurred, Uvalde. And I don't know about you, but I can't. Like I, it, it I, I've watched too much of the news because it really hit me, and then I was convicted. I've got a friend that is a principal in Blanco, Texas, and he's an hour and a half from Uvalde, and I've already reached out, and I pray that you guys, we get an opportunity to go down there and put a basketball camp on, give ice cream to these kids, I don't know what, but it is, I can't sit back and watch these things occur, and not do something. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm just so thankful. It's not about me, but I'm thankful to come here and share this morning. You've opened many, many doors. I don't even worry about it anymore because I know that if I'm convicted, you're going to make a way. And it's not just me, it's anyone in here if you're feeling the conviction to do something, it could be something as simple as a phone call, a text message, or it's to get up and go somewhere. Listen, listen. It's it's a rough the world can be kind of rough. It can be tough. We can look at events outside of Sellersburg. But we can look, I'm sure, at things that are going on in families in this church. And there's one specific family where the girl's graduating today that I can't even fathom. But that's why you put us here. Father, help us to help others. Again, I'm just so thankful for these people to tolerate me this morning and to share some of my stories. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for all you do for us. It's in your Son's name we pray. Amen. We thank you for joining us today. And it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.